Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my stuff at joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, sign up for a premium membership. You get all of my uh, writings about the Bruins and the NHL sent straight to your inbox, and you can read them uh, front to back, top to bottom. Uh, I also uh, cover the Bruins for the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, find my columns uh, after games at bostonsportsjournal.com, working uh, and writing alongside a cavalcade of stars there. Uh, people like Greg Bedard, Mike Giardi, uh, a host of others. So that's a fun place to be. Uh, today is my guest uh, on the Pucks with Hags podcast, as he's been several times, Evan Marinovsky, and maybe uh, we'll get to uh, some prep school hockey and other stuff as well as the NHL and the Bruins. But Evan covers all that stuff for the New England Hockey Journal. We were just talking before the show. He's going to be at uh, Rivers uh, uh, for his first prep game of the season, playing St. Seb's, a highly ranked, uh, loaded team full of players so that should be fun he's looking forward to that maybe i'll bring my son finn over there uh we'll see how that goes but let's thank our sponsors first before we waste any more time uh factor meals america's number one ready to eat meal kit delicious meals ready in two minutes even my dogs uh like the leftovers <laughs> uh head to factormeals.com slash hags 50 and use code hags 50 to get 50 percent off your first box delicious meals ready in two minutes uh, I was telling Evan also before the show, Indian butter chicken was one of the meals I got. The last order I had it was exotic, fantastic, delicious. That uh, sounds delicious. It really does. I mean, that would hit the spot at lunchtime, and it was a great like portion amount. And uh, it's healthy. It's chef made. It's really good stuff. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, right now, customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks. If your team wins. So if you bet against the Patriots, your team is going to win and you're going to get 150 bucks. So get on that for the rest of the season. And hey, the Bruins right now, if you bet against them, you're probably going to win too and get your 150 bucks. Do it. FanDuel Sportsbook, the way that they're struggling. So the app is super easy to use. Jump on there, spreads, player props, over, under, so much more. Visit fanduel.com slash Boston and uh, get going betting against the Patriots and the Bruins right now. All right. Let's yeah, get- I was going to say on thanks on Thanksgiving to keep those games interesting, I was using the app and doing it. See? The, app's so e- the app's easy to use. My success wasn't as great, but the app was very, <laughs> very easy to use and it was a good time. So You had I, a I, good I, interface experience with the Sportsbook app. FanDuel it was Sports. satisfying. That's all that matters. There, there, there you go. Even if the losses were not satisfying. This experience. is true. Yes. Uh, all right. So yes, the thanks thank we have passed Thanksgiving. Uh, the good news for the Bruins is they're still in first place in the Atlantic Division after U.S. Thanksgiving. They are well uh, up in the standings. So uh, they've pretty much, as far as I'm concerned, already stamped their playoff ticket. They're going to be in the postseason uh, just because uh, of where they are, their record, and also. With their goaltending, uh, they're not going to fall off a cliff and and lose, you know, nine out of ten every ten games the rest of the way out. They're going to be fine. Um, so I think I, I think I can safely say they're going to be in the postseason. But first patch of trouble here, uh, a lot of adversity. Yeah. They've lost three games in a row. Um, the first time they've given up five or more goals in those three straight losses. Since 2012, this was a great nugget from uh, Jack Edwards on the I heard that. I was shocked. And it was the middle of March 2012. I vividly remember this because it was on the road in Florida. It was the year after they won the Stanley Cup. And I remember watching those games 
and thinking, you know, and this was the the Stanley Cup team, basically. This was the core group that won the cup the year before Tim Thomas was still the goalie. I vividly remember those losses because I could tell by the looks on the faces of the guys in the locker room on the road trip, they were cooked. They were tired. Fatigue had set in like the, the late, all the game sevens they had played in the playoffs the last year. The fact that they had played into late June, they got off to a great start the next year. They were pretty good about halfway through the season, but right around the middle of March, you could see the fatigue of all of the hockey that they had played really catching up to them. And they had no legs, they had no fight. They just, you could see it on their faces post game. When you talk to them, they were an exhausted team and that's why they lost all those games. And I think now um, watching this team right now, they played three or four games around Thanksgiving. Um, they had two one o'clock matinees after Thanksgiving. They had Thanksgiving basically sandwiched in between games. They had the dad's road trip in Florida right before Thanksgiving. All of this stuff was, was going on at the same time. And it looks to me like um, physically and mentally they're making mistakes because some somewhat of the schedule, somewhat of fatigue. I think they're looking a little tired. That's definitely part of it. But I think it also goes beyond that. You know, I, I think what's happened also is the goaltending's not stellar uh, like it was at the beginning. It's been ordinary the last few games. And I think the goaltending has masked some of the issues that they have. And now you're starting to see some of the problems that are creeping up because the goaltending is becoming ordinary or a little bit less than ordinary instead of like the best in the league, 940 save percentage standing on their head. And you could see this kind of creeping in, right? For a few weeks, uh, you'd see the goalies making 19 saves in the first period, Olmark or Swayman standing on their head. And the Bruins definitely weren't getting off to great starts. They were not playing good hockey. And then they would like find it at some point in the game and they would pull out the game. But I think the goaltending really rescued them a lot of times in these games. And now that they're not doing that, you're seeing the problems come in. You're seeing the goals being allowed and you're seeing them struggle. So that's the biggest thing that I see. But like, there's a lot of things to pick from here, Evan. If you want to look at it, yeah. and say, I have a problem with this. I have a problem with that. There's some issues here. Uh, what are your biggest things that you're you're watching and not liking right now? Well, I, you know, you, you mentioned it there at the end. They've had these issues for a little while. Uh, they have yep. not, they've had a lot of games, even in that, you know, that good start that you walked away from being like, that wasn't their best effort. They, you know, they still have some issues, but their goaltending is just so nasty that it covers everything up. And uh, it hasn't covered any of the, everything up the past three games. And uh, the schedule stuff is valid hundred percent, but you even yep. look at like, what really stood out to me a lot was in that Monday game against Columbus. So often the Bruins transitioning out of their own zone were having problems on the breakout. And, you know, Columbus was uh, clogging the middle, but they were also locking on wings. I said this on uh, Poke the Bear yesterday. Like they were shutting the Bruins down a bit. And there were turnovers, you know, uh, Forbert turned the puck over on uh, it started the sequence for, I think it was the first or the second goal. First goal in the uh, corner. He just lost a one-on-one -on -one battle in the corner. <clears throat> uh, he got overpowered and uh, the, the bet huge Russian forward ended up taking it to the net. And that was a bad, it was a soft goal by Swayman. Oh, you know what it was? That So that was bad, but it, I think it was the second goal because it started the sequence like 15 seconds before. And then they, I think it was the second, but I know it's yeah. one of the first because that was also a, a breakdown in and of itself. Um, but again, I go back to like postseason last year against Florida, what their biggest problem was. 
They could not move the puck out of their own zone with a tough forecheck. And to me, I am happy this is popping up now because it's going to force them or it should force them to come up with a solution or to figure things out now. This never happened last year. This did not happen last year. Um, the wheels didn't fall off until the postseason, or at least struggles didn't hit. Adversity never hit until yep. the postseason. And that's why you could yep. you sort of saw them just sort of be out, you know, just all, all over the place. And I think yep. good to see this happen now. I think a lot of people are panicking. And, yeah, there are problems on this team. You know, uh, there are guys up front that aren't producing to the level they should be. They're not as, as potent up front as they used to be. Um, what's interesting, though, is do you know what is not a position that is having trouble right now? Center, <laughs> which was sort of the thing we all focused on in the offseason, and rightfully so. You had so many question marks. And I think that's actually been one of the stable parts of this team. I mean, I, I think it has been for the most part, but uh, Zaka was a disaster in that game against Columbus. And that line well, has yeah. struggled That line has struggled w- during this period uh, big time. Zaka with Pasternak and Marchand. They have not been good. Uh, Zaka, like, I, I, I think that was a fatigue. That, that's part of the reason I say fatigue is the mental errors that I'm seeing from the team. And that play in, in the, that second goal that you're talking about, Provorov scored through a screen. Uh, Zaka's stick broke. Oh, they, yeah. They had the long change in the second period, and he basically deserted his team to go to the bench to try to get a stick. Go on. Columbus had possession of 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 the puck in the, in the Bruins zone and he turned it into a 5 on 4 and immediately they went right to the area that he left and he's like the center like he's in charge of like yeah and Pasternak, like the middle. Pasternak com- completely misplayed that after Zaka left cuz he, he did, well cuz I I don't think he thought he was going to leave <laughs> I, I, I don't think he expected <laughs> him to, to take off for the far bench and the far end of the far bench to go get his stick. I know and then he comes back and like at that point again um, you know, massive Russian forward blocking out Swayman. He can't see the puck coming. Provorov throws it at the net, uh, and it's two to nothing. But I thought that was a massive mental mistake by Zaka. And he had no shots on net through the first two periods. He was a minus three, I believe. He was getting worked in the faceoff circle. Like, it was not a good game for him. That line has not been good. This is, I expect, I fully expect that Jim Montgomery is going to change the lines line combinations quite a bit because like what, what he had going uh, in that Columbus game. And in these last few games is not working. I think he needs to break up Pasternak, Marchand and, uh, and Zaka. Um, and I think, you know, there's some lines he needs to like stick with. Like, I think the, the JVR coil uh, Trent Frederick line is one he needs to keep together and he needs to find a way to, to make it work and keep them working together. Cause I think it's been very good for them. Yeah. Uh, I have no desire for to, that. That line's great. The other thing I'll say about Zaka is you're right. He has been uh, inefficient the last game or so, but I think overall for the season production wise uh, points wise, I think he typically is a smart player. I just think obviously, as you mentioned, it's fatigue right now. Yep. Um, it's been sort of a, a crazy stretch, but overall, yeah, but, but it's, but, it's, but I, I guess my bigger point is it's moments like that and it's games like that. And it's stretches like that where you do kind of wonder, is this guy really ready to handle being, you know, a top center? Like you'd never see Patrice Bergeron make a mistake like that, right? Under heavy pressure in a big moment yeah. where the team is counting yeah. on him. And that's why I wonder, is this the guy that can step into that kind of a role or be that kind of a number one center, be the guy that, you know, is is setting the tone for everybody else? And I guess that's where sort of like I mix 
all that together about, you know, the full picture. But to your point, like, I think he's been okay. Like, uh, you know, I think the, the chemistry is getting better with Pasternak. I think some things that I have not liked about his game have improved a little bit. Um, and I do wonder if, like, you know, a big-time center is still the thing that they need. But, um, yeah. It's interesting because, like, like, it's so funny because I, I it, it was this way a couple of days ago. Um, Coyle is second on the team in points. Like, yep. I <laughs> hands up. Coming. Um, yep. And I think, like, again, like, to me, you know, I know we want to get dive into sort of what's wrong right now, which is we will and we have been. But, like, it's interesting because Coyle has the qualities. Coyle's never a problem when he was here. It was always just the production wasn't there. And now – uh, the benefits of him, he's in the top six pretty much, you know, or or it's funny because they don't really have like a defined second line when uh, Marshan, Zaka, and Pasternak are together. Right. Um, but again, Coyle has produced. He plays a smart game. He's good in his own zone. He supports play, like all of those things. And he, to me, has been the real best surprise so far this season. Yeah. Um, and again, another, like, I, Connor brought this up yesterday on Poke the Bear. Like, Johnny Beecher is just a solid fourth-line center. Like, oh, he is. Good in the no worry circle. He accepts his role. Yeah. He's chipping in offensively. He plays physically. I have zero issues with Johnny Beecher. I think he's been outstanding. Um, you know, I think and in the fourth line in general, you know, the, I, Lauko is fine to me, too. I, Johnny Beecher is good. I, it's unfortunate, obviously, that situation with Milan and Lucic because I think the three of them together would have been a very very good fourth line um but you know and they're piecing it together now Oscar Steen's been okay I think he was had a good stretch for a few games and I have not noticed him as as much when he's been in there Patrick Brown I I just think is another guy like he's gritty and he'll kill penalties and do some things but I don't think he really adds a ton when he's in the lineup and speed wise I think he has a hard time keeping up with everybody else uh, when he's out there on the ice. And I think it's, it's apparent when you're watching them. Um, so like, I, you know, that may become something that, that obviously is going to become something as uh, long-term they, they figure out what's going to happen with, with Lucic and if they need to replace him, which I think they ultimately will have to do. Um, I think that's somewhere they're going to have to find a piece now that they weren't expecting to uh, because the, you know, the other part of it is, and I agree with you on Coyle. I think Coyle's been very solid. I think he's been a huge factor killing penalties. Uh, been one of their best penalty killers. Been a solid face-off guy. Has done uh, the job offensively uh, to the best of his abilities. And like I said, when he's with JVR and Frederick, I love that line. I think that is a line, great line. together, and it's been very effective at both ends. And I think it'll be a really good playoff line because they're big bodies that can lean on the other team and play the puck possession game. All right, everybody, we're smack dab in the middle of the NFL season. You know what that means? That means more time for you to get involved with FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right. Uh, the NFL season is in full swing. Even the NHL season is in full swing as well. So you should be getting uh, your wallets out, and you should be getting involved with the excitement that is FanDuel Sportsbook. Score, score early in this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS network right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks people. If your team wins. So if you have a good feeling and you know, um, let's say you you're betting, uh, 
all your money on the team that's playing the Patriots because you think the other team's going to win and the Patriots are going to lose. That's been a smart bet all season. You do that, you get 150 bucks from uh, from FanDuel Sportsbook. How do you like that? If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than right now. The app is extremely easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. The app is great. Uh, it's It's very easy to use. Um, so visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season and do it right. Right now with FanDuel Sportsbook because they got your back and they're going to give you 150 bucks in bonus bets if you win that $5 bet. Mass 21 and plus present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. But uh, the other part that's an issue to me, and, and, and I think part of it is definitely... Um, the schedule, the lack of energy, um, the fatigue factor, the physicality has not been there at all. Oh, like, not at all. Trent Frederick gets hit in the side of the head with a Jacob Truba stick. Nobody really does anything about it. You see uh, McAvoy against Columbus getting thrown, tossed into the corner um, and just thrown really hard uh, into the corner. You see Columbus playing physical with the Bruins. They do nothing to respond to any of the stuff that's going on. Uh, Pasternak gets jabbed by the goalie of all people in the ribs. Nobody does anything about that. Like nothing that uh, it feels like uh, since uh, the Lucic incident happened, uh, the Bruins have not been as tough a team and they don't have the same kind of swagger and attitude and the physicality that they did earlier in the year where I, you know, I felt like they had, somebody like a presence like that sort of backing them up and you've removed that kind of a presence um you know just talking about strictly the hockey side of it i don't think they play as tough and i don't think they play as physical and certainly they have been like that the last few games and it's been a huge issue when you don't see any fight back any attitude any pushback at all and, and at, to your point about florida this is exactly what we saw against florida last year in the playoffs is when Another team became the big-time aggressor and got in their face and started rattling their cages. They weren't doing enough to push back, and it was a huge issue, and it's creeping up again at this time when they're losing games, and it's something they need to address. I mean, you've covered millions more regular – or not millions more, many more regular seasons and seasons than I have. It feels like millions, Evan. I mean, millions. But you know better than anybody uh, that, like, in a game against Columbus, right, like on Monday, you're down a bunch, nothing's working, loss, you're going to go for your third straight loss, it's a road game on a Monday, you know, team that is not very good is kicking your ass, that's when you either need a fight, big hit, or you just need to finish all your checks, or you just need to do something to spark you, and I think Montgomery thought the spark, and I thought the spark, would be, hey, we're going to pull Swayman, I thought that was... I thought that was going to do it and it didn't. Yep. So to me, like I am shocked that in that third period, there was not a huge hit from the Bruins or some sort of fight or just something to spark it. You know, I know it sounds like it's old time hockey, but I think in a game like that, that's the situation when 
you finish your hits or you do something like that. I think that can help. There's two things that I think are a huge problem right now when it comes to that. Uh, one is Charlie McAvoy was suspended for four games already this That's season. That's true. I don't think he's been as physical a player consistently since he came back from the suspension. I think he is hesitant to throw big hits now more than he was before. I I think he's scaled back that part of his game to a degree, and I don't think it's good, and it's not certainly going to impact them uh, because I think they rely on him to kind of be the bellwether physically for that team, to change momentum with big hits, to make statements against the other team by playing physical um, by being that guy and having that attitude. And when they don't get it from him, I think they are missing quite a bit. And I think that's been, to me, very apparent since he came back from the suspension that he's not playing that game as consistently as he's done throughout his career. And I, I wondered if this was going to be a problem. When you get whacked with that long of a suspension, you kind of wonder in your head what's going to happen the next time like things go sideways or something goes wrong. Am, am I going to be out for five or six games? Like what, you know, they, they, you get it's worried. A good, it's, it's a good point because you're right. But it's funny because his suspension came on a play that wasn't really like a, a hit. It was just no. stupidity. It was just yes. like going past someone and elbowing them. I mean, I feel like he, yes. can play, he can play the same way he played before. Just don't do that. But I, yes. I agree with you. I think it, yeah. it has taken a toll. Yeah. And so I, I think he needs to continue to sort of uh, lose that and put that in the rearview mirror and get back to what he was doing before. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, a, a dash in the last six straight games. He has been a minus player for six games in a row. He's a minus two, I think, on the season now. I'm sure that's the first time in his career he's been a minus uh, a dash for six straight games. Like, would have to be struggling in a big way right now. Um and that's like, I think the biggest thing that we look at uh, and see that's been a problem with the Bruins is I think he's made mistakes coverage wise. Uh, he's made mental errors. He's been beaten in his own zone. He's definitely had trouble at times moving the puck. Um, and he's not holding down the other team's best players when he's on the ice. And Hampus Lindholm has had up and down a little bit more, uh, but you know he hasn't been great either. And when the two of them are not playing great hockey, um, that's going to really impact negatively the Bruins. So, like, I, th you definitely want to put that out there with McAvoy, that his struggles are definitely intertwined with this Bruins team giving up five-plus goals in the game, giving up 17 goals in the last three games. You want to pull back to the last five games. They've given up five or more goals in four out of those five games. That's big-time uh, defensive trouble. But getting back to what I mentioned before, the other factor, I think – uh, the other watch, factor meal. Watch, the other factor meal watching this team. Um, uh, Hags' factors for the Bruins <laughs> by factor meals. Uh, Marshand, I think, as the captain, I think has also playing it a little more carefully as far as dragging the team into the fight and really getting involved in that stuff. And I think you've seen it recently where he has not been as involved physically as he normally would be, and he's not the guy to respond to things or – you know, uh, stir things up to get the team into it as he's always been in the past. And I wondered also at the start of the year, if the captaincy and, and that responsibility was going to cause him to sort of toe the line a little bit more and not be the player that he kind of needs to be, to be really effective and to, you know, drag the Bruins into the fight. And I, I think that's been apparent as well. I like, you know, he's 35 years old. He's, you know, had double hip surgery a couple of years ago. So I think, 
you're going to see it impact him, the schedule and the, you know, the slog of the season at certain points when it gets really heavy. And he has not been at his best the last three games, certainly. And I think that's played a big factor in it. Um, factor meals, but he, uh, but I think watching him consistently and watching him in the past and watching him be an emotional spark always for this team. I don't know if he feels like he can be that guy as the captain as well. And it's incumbent on other players to step up and do that. And, you know, I look at a guy like Trent Frederick that I think he should be playing much tougher, much more with an attitude oh, much yeah. than he's played recently. And I think with, you know, Lucic not there, he needs to be that guy. And he has not been. Uh, and even though he's been, he's had some decent moments this year, I think that's a role that he needs to play and he needs to do more. And they're just not getting it out of him right now. And it makes you wonder if they're ever going to get it out of him. And if they need to find somebody else that can sort of play that role as a, as a big tough forward on the team. You know, it's interesting because you're right on all, on all fronts. I agree with you there that, you know, when McAvoy and Marshand are struggling the way they are, uh, <laughs> typically the team follows suit. Yes. Um, like a bigger point. I, I talked about this with Connor on poke the bear yesterday. I saw Steve Conroy tweet something. I don't have it in front of me. It was basically like, you know, uh, last year, the Bruins, if they were in a, if they had a bad game, they could just say, you know what, next game, we're going to be better. The roster was good enough to do it. And this year, they're not as good of a team. And that's accurate. They are not as good as they were last year. Um, But again, they started like they did last year. I think that had a lot of people thinking, oh, my God, this is the same team. They're going to do the same thing again. And first of all, I think people need to temper their expectations. This is a regular everyday nhl team like everybody else no there's there's an element that they're coming back to earth now or water is seeking its level and they're like they're coming back to where they should be instead of like the torrid nine oh and one start for sure this this is the thing and this is why like again are they a playoff team of course they're a playoff team are they first in the atlantic borderline best team in the nhl good no i don't now when your goaltending is the way it was in the first month uh, and a little bit of the beginning of November. Yeah, I mean, you you were up there, but I don't, that's not sustainable. Even with two guys, I don't think, you know, the 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 save percentages and goals against averages that Swayman and Olmark were posting, as good as those two guys are, I don't think that's going to be the norm, so to speak, yeah. uh, for the rest of yep. the season. They are good goalies. They will be top 10 and all that stuff. But to be yep. like the, the two of the two best, that's tough. So again, I go back to like, they are a playoff team. I had them third in the Atlantic coming into the season when the season finishes. Um, and I, I think you had something similar, right? Were you yep. wild card or did you, did you have them second? I think I, I had them as a wild card. Yeah. And I don't think that's far off. I yep. don't think like, I, I, you know, I don't think they're going to be fighting for the playoffs on the final week of the season, no, but I think that game, that no, but games will matter more than they did last year down the stretch except they went for the record last year so they did kind of matter for a bit yeah but again i go back to like th- i think this is just reminding people that a this is not the team they were last year and they're not going to finish the way they did last year but a- i think it's kind of a good thing and i know that that sounds like you know my my black and gold rose colored glasses are on as i'm watching this but you want your you want the uh, you want your team to face adversity and i think bruins fans should want this uh again it's a, a tough to watch it's it's brutal it doesn't help if you bet on them with or their <laughs> friends over at FanDuel it doesn't help but I think in terms of you want them to face this adversity to see how they respond 
and they're going to face adversity more this year. And I think that, can, you know, they didn't face it a lot last year. That can only help them, I think, when the playoffs come around. Um, and again, the other thing, Hags, is the Atlantic, weirdly, aside from the Bruins, I don't think has a powerhouse team, but you have all these teams no. in the mix. Leafs, Panthers, Lightning, uh, Red Wings. You want to throw the Sabres in there. Like, it, it's competitive. That's why I think it's it's a they're very lucky they started the way they did because they kind of have a lead on everybody. Yeah, I think the Panthers will eventually become like a powerhouse team as they get healthy and everybody comes back and, and still having unfinished business from last year, getting all the way to Stanley Cup Finals. I do think that's going to be the team that eventually emerges as as the best team. But like you're right, there is a ton – uh there's there's a ton of uh parody in the atlantic division uh there's definitely some new faces trying to push in and some uh you know some other faces that are, are struggling a little bit more than they traditionally have in the past and you know i i do think you're right i also think it's a good thing that they do sort of fall back a little bit and they do show you know who they really are because i don't want the Bruins, to be honest with you, to be lulled into thinking that they have to go all in again this year with this team that I think is clearly a transitional team that's clearly going from the the stars of the past and that cup winning team in 2011 to transitioning to the the younger guys taking over now. And I, I yes, I'd rather they you know make modest acquisitions at the trade deadline or make a move that's long term going to be a, a plus for them instead of trying to do something that's going to give them a a boost this year for a team that frankly I'm not sure is going to have what it takes to go through two months in the playoffs. Once they get there, this, this looks to me and it has looked to me and felt to me for a while still. And I thought this before the season even started that they're going to be a playoff team. They're probably not going to last very long in the playoffs a round or two, but it'll be good experience for the younger guys, the, the Matt Potters, the Johnny Beechers, the Mason low rise of the world. It'll be good for, Charlie McAvoy, Pasternak, you know, uh, guys like that, Charlie Coyle, that are sort of the core leaders of this team, and they're taking over this team as the leadership group. Uh, it'll be good for all of them as they continue to move forward and mold this team to what it's going to be in the next five to ten years. But I just don't feel like this season is going to be a cup contending year for them, and they need to treat it that way as far as recouping assets, as far as not giving away more future assets, all of that stuff. Um, and, and I'm kind of glad this is happening because I think it's going to give them some pause to think about, okay, you know, this team isn't what they were in the first 10 games. They're like getting back to their level. Now we're starting to see the sort of, uh, strengths and weaknesses of this group. And we're not going to like, you know, think they're better than they are. I think that's definitely like a bonus in addition to the going through adversity, which they ever, you want every hockey team at the NHL level to go through adversity before the playoffs start. You don't want it to hit <laughs> game one, yeah. game, two, game three of the playoffs. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh crap, what's going on. You do oh, not when, I, when did that happen? I don't, I don't recall yeah. that ever happening. Exactly. It's deja vu all over again from the first but, round. But, you know, it's interesting because like, you're right. And you think about like, I remember uh, this time last year, I, I think I was kind of saying, Hey, you want to keep your future assets. I know it's first one crazy last year. You don't have to go all in at the deadline. And then they kept going the way on the route they were going and they were just so good. And it's like, okay, you have to, my worry, and this sounds weird, but it's that my worry would be the same thing happens this year where it's like, you're just killing everybody and you get to 
February and March, and it's like, all right, or they need to, or excuse me, January and February, and it's like, all right, they need to do something to to bolster this team. I agree with you. People are what got lost in the start of the season. What, lo- what got lost in the hot start is that this is a transitional team. I know they yeah. won't say it, and I don't. I know they don't look at it like this, but Definitely. any outsider looks at it like that. Where you know Potra's in the mix, and you know what? He's inconsistent because he's a young. He's 19 years old. And yep. he's still on pace for like 40 points. Yep. Uh, you look at, you know, uh, getting Lowry in the mix again later in the season or Beecher, uh, as you mentioned. And I, I like, to me, that's the important thing. And I also think, as you said, keep those future assets, make your picks down the road, maybe try, I, you know, it's going to be hard, but you do have one piece on the roster that could net you a first round pick. If you want to get nuts with, yeah. with Jake DeBrusque, uh, yep. you know, try to get back in the first round this year. Like, Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. And to be to to do to be in a transitional period and to still be this good is a good thing. Bruins fans should be happy and, and you're lucky that that's the case. Um, but again, I, I I have no desire as of now, and I don't know what would need to change uh, between now and the deadline where I would say they need to go and they need to deal a few, another future first and Lysel and need to go get this. Now, again, I guess if a, Top six center with term who you felt was going to be a part of the core, then you, then you can have that conversation. But if it's just, Hey, we want to add a a top six winger to help us this year. And we're going to give up, you know, a first or a future second. Like if if it was a Bertuzzi type trade or it was an Orlov Hathaway type trade, you don't do those kind of deals this year. Only do something if it's like a Lindholm deal or Taylor Hall, where you're trading for a guy that you're going to sign to an extension and he's going to stick around for a while and he's going to be part of the long-term solution. I, yes. I, I totally agree with that. We do have Factor Meals uh, to help us out. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a, a quick meal. Uh, they fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh. Never frozen, meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, They have calorie conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, There's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's 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 a great deal. Um, so if you want to get Factor Meals, uh, go to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use the code hags50 to get 50% off of your fir- first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I- I've tried it, it's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to, to make meal kits especially when we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval. Uh, the one other thing I would watch, uh, Evan, this year and, and over the next few months is I've been surprised at several turns at how hard that um, – Jim Montgomery has cracked the whip on this team already. Oh, I was just going to bring this up. I was going to bring up your tweet. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, having watched, like, I was stunned, to be honest with you. Like, I really was. I was surprised when he bag skated them at the end of that practice. He called practice to an end and started bag skating them. They had one loss in the season at that point. 
you know, first road trip of the year, they go on the West Coast and he's like challenging the team before they play San Jose because he doesn't like the practice and the way uh, they looked in the practice out there. Um, you know, he ripped into them after they went down 2 nothing against the Rangers at MSG, um, <laughs> you know, this weekend. Uh, and it worked temporarily. You know, they got back into the game, but, um, you know, the, the, and then he's uh, pulling the goalie uh, against Columbus, trying to get something out of them. And, you know, I, I don't I, – it seemed like he and Swayman uh, had a discussion when Swayman came out, and Swayman didn't understand why he was getting pulled from the game. And that's the thing to watch, too, is that, they put Swayman into a pretty big spot right there against Columbus, having lost two in a row. You know, they're not protecting him with the way they use him this year. And I think that was a spot for him. To no, really he's had the majority up. of the tough games, I've thought so yeah, far. Yeah, that was a spot for him to, like, step up and throw the team on his back if he really wanted to be the number one guy. Uh, and he wasn't able to do it. But he also, like, had faced 19 shots and allowed two goals. It's not like he was, you know, it, the first goal was definitely soft. The second one, he was screened and Zaka made a mistake and left the zone. Um, but that's interesting that he did that and, uh, did it to spark the team. It did not really work. Um, and the, he's been hard driving for a team that's played well above and beyond, uh, their means and what they have on their roster so far. And I wonder if that's going to be able to continue. And I, at a certain point, when you drive that hard, you risk it backfiring or not working as well and once it starts not working you you can't go to that well anymore and you're going to start you know potentially like getting players that are like why is this guy doing this to us we're in first place like what's going on but that's the thing too if you're a hockey coach where i understand this you're hard on the team when they're doing well and you go a little easier on them when you're struggling and it's definitely a technique you can use as a coach to try to get the best out of and, and sort of like motivate them um, but I would be, re- I'm going to be really curious to see like how things work over the next few weeks, how they get out of this struggle. Um, if he's going to go back to any of these things, or if he's going to kind of loosen the reins a little bit here, because he's t- coaching a whole different way than he did last year. It's d- definitely a different team. Bergeron's not there anymore, but it's been very noticeable that he's been much more intense and sort of hard driving with the team at times and pull and and use some of the techniques that coaches have uh to sort of motivate a team by cracking the whip and if that's going to continue it's been interesting to watch i have a lot of thoughts on montgomery and you know they go back to like you look at last year who was the cool dad you let the guys do their thing and it worked out right until the playoffs when it didn't and he's had a history in the nhl of being not so great in the playoffs. I mean, I think it was a, there was a, in Dallas, it was something similar. Uh, I know there was a story written about it that, that I read uh, back when uh, they lost to the Panthers last year. You look at last year against the Panthers and I think there's a lot of pressure on him to be a yeah. better uh, coach uh, throughout the season to get them more playoff ready uh, to not get out coached in the postseason the way he did last year. Yep. Uh, but I also think, you know, you mentioned Bergeron being gone you know, changing the team dynamic. It's his team. It is Jim Montgomery's team. It is not Patrice Bergeron's team. Uh, it's not, you know, the, the guard of old. It's a new core. And I think he probably, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if he'd say this, but he feels more comfortable with this group, telling them what to do and, and doing those types of things. Uh, but I agree with you. You do risk with them being in first, with things uh, having gone relatively well to start the season, you do risk that backfiring. And, guys tuning you out now i'm not saying that's what's happening yeah. um 
you know, again, I think he, I like to see that out of him. I like to see the fire, you know, like get on these guys. And, you know, I've always heard like Bill Belichick, for instance, after a win, we'll go in uh, film sessions and like rip guys apart. But after losses, you know, it's a bit different. So now there's a lot of losses. So it's unfortunate, but, um, but, but I go back to like, I think there's a lot riding on him this year because there's a lot of regret from last year. I think he's trying to find that balance of cool players, coach and motivator who can flip the switches at the right time. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm very curious to see how this goes uh, the next week or two uh, and to see how he kind of writes this ship, what they do. Um, And also like structurally, I mean, it's defensively in their own zone. They've been fine for years. Like how they play layers zone, they play it well. I mean, that's, that doesn't need to change, but just little tweaks on the breakout. I'm curious if, if anything changes there. Um, but yeah, going back to just flipping switches and stuff, I'm very interested to see how he approaches that. Um, you know, over the over not just the next couple, next couple of weeks, but the rest of the season. You know, to see if how he has them in a position. Because I mean, one could have argued, and I, I was not in this group. But you know, remember Grady Little yes, <laughs> in '03, like. With that team, you know, there was always the rumors last year, oh, you know, Montgomery is either Grady Little. Um, and I don't think he is. I think he's a very good coach. Oh, I think um, so, too. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I, the next few games will be very telling uh, to see how they pull out of it. And, and I do think they're going to have better legs. They're not going to make the same uh, mental errors. I think uh, having a practice day and having a few days off and then getting a game at home will – will help them sort of right the ship and, and be in a better, better shape and better state uh, when they actually take the ice. Uh, always in a great state, though, is Evan Marinovsky from the New England Hockey Journal. Thank you very much, Evan. Uh, let's of course. Sponsors really quick, FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers get $100, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Just jump on the app. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about jumping on FanDuel Sportsbook, now is the time to do it. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season right and the NHL season right and the NBA season with that, uh, as Felger would say, Fakakta in-season tournament or whatever the hell that thing is that they're talking about now. Like, I'm not even paying attention to it. But bet on it. Why not? Go to FanDuel Sportsbook and, and bet on it. Uh, Makes it more fun. Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. I know Evan's, like, chomping at the bit to go out there and order some Factor Meals. Um, (laughs) Delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, Evan, from keto to calorie smart to vegan plus and veggie. I don't even – oh, vegan and veggie and protein plus. I don't even know what the hell protein plus is. (laughs) But they're prepared by chefs, approved by dietitians. Uh, Each meal is delicious. Put in the microwave for two minutes and it's ready to go. Uh, head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. Evan Marinovsky from the New England Hockey Journal. Maybe I will see you at Rivers uh, later to take on St. Sebastian's. Hopefully I will. Uh, hopefully I'll see everybody else um, at the on the ice real soon or at a rink real soon. Thanks for listening to the Pucks with, Pucks with Hags podcast. We'll see you at the rink.